Yeah. See, listen, I have to say something. Lalita, you sound significantly louder than Christina to me. Oh, hi, I'm Lalita and I'm usually very loud, but I'm trying not to be loud. You want me up? Yeah. I, I jack it right up for comedy because if you're not loud, people don't laugh somehow. Yeah. You got to get um, in their faces. Yeah. You got to tell them what's funny. You got to control them. Got to control that audience. Take it. Welcome to We Heart Mom Jokes. I am Lalita D. I'm the queer single mom by choice of a 14-year-old boy. And I'm Smita. I'm a straight married mom of two, also by choice. <laughs> and, and I met Lalita doing stand-up comedy. And we started this podcast at the beginning of the pandemic many, many, many moons ago because we were wondering, how do other parents cope with the lockdown? Are they finding it as difficult as we do? And so we decided to ask people that we really love talking to other comics. So today we have with us an amazing guest. I'm so excited to introduce her, Christina Fernandez. She's, of course, a mom and an L.A.-based comic. She's performed at the Laugh Riot Girl Festival. She used to host a storytelling night, Good Enough, and she'll be at the Burbank Comedy Festival. So watch out for her. So as usual, we're going to start with a clip from Christina. This is a performance that she had at the Laugh Riot Girl Festival. <laughs> I feel like now, if you're talking to someone, you just got to jump right into the deep end. You got to be on that Zoom meeting like, anyone believe in God? <laughs> <laughs> Um, but it's been, oh my gosh, it's been a crazy couple of years. Crazy. Uh, California, it was bad. LA, LA got hit really hard with this horrible virus that is acting like having a dog is like having a baby. In LA, people act like having a dog is like having a baby. I've had both, it's not. <laughs> and I can feel that I've lost many of you here tonight. Because <laughs> you're thinking to yourself, but Christina, my heart too has expanded because of Pepper. <laughs> but things are getting a little bit out of control. I saw a post the other day on Instagram. It was of someone's like feet or something. Uh, and the caption read, uh, thank you for all your love and support and prayers. I can't eat, I can't sleep. I don't know if I'll ever get out of bed again. You will forever be in my heart, little Ziggy. Now Ziggy better be your weed dealer or the high school friend you used to hit up the club with, but it better not be your pitbull. Welcome, Christina. Welcome. Well, thank you. <laughs> Welcome to our podcast. Thank you for having me. I'm so happy. Um, I just need to point out that behind Christina, there are no books. I want to tell you that there were a lot of books up here, okay? <laughs> there used to be a lot of books. We're actually trying to downsize our stuff because I think we're going to leave the country for a little while. Oh, smart. If everything keeps going sort of in a, like this weird middle earth, middle ground direction, we're... Mm -hmm. for a little while mm -hmm. yeah i i've been like i have this bit where i talk about people's bookshelves you know you get that big brain energy from some people and it's kind of hot um but yeah there are some people where i'm like you have definitely not read war and peace that's totally ornamental there's definitely no war and peace there is a somewhat sad looking plant 
Yeah, that's almost like a little stage plant, but it actually isn't. It was my, um, it was like my manifesting plant. I was like, if I put one tiny plant that I already have there, more will come. And that was like three months ago. And, and how's that working out? Well, it was three months ago. <laughs> Not well. <laughs> I'm, I have all my little hopes and wishes in this house. And now that I have kids, I'm like, oh, remember that cute project that you began? And I, it's just a series of failed projects just because they were never able to be completed. And yet you have 10,000 pictures of your children on your phone. No, it's like, where are my pictures with celebrities? That's <laughs> what matters. Make sure your kids become famous because then that's retroactive. I'm working on it. My daughter has a Coogan account, which is a kid actor account. She booked a commercial with me a couple years ago and she's still making money, baby. Whoa. She was a really little baby too. She was just like, she was just in my arms in the commercial and like. Oh. The sentient loaf of bread, basically. And I think like in order to probably like avoid any sag fines, I held her probably for like, I think I held her for like four hours straight. It was like, she, her feet did not touch the ground. I'm like, I, is this, is this legal? Like, is that how it's supposed to happen? In my previous life, I used to work for a brand consultancy. And once we had to have a photo shoot with baby models. So I've been on the other side of hiring babies and they would literally list their height, like 100 centimeters. And then like, if you delayed shoot by two months, they'd be like, sorry, the height has changed. <laughs> and on the day of the photo shoot, we had to stop filming for a nap break. It was amazing. Because if not, they'll cry, then their face gets red, it doesn't work. And I don't know how anybody even continues to write children and babies into scenes. It's like, they should just be omitted. I mean, like the business is so wild. I just shot a commercial and I had like a total existential crisis. I'm like, I wouldn't let my kids do this. And I was like, but I do this. Like, is this sad? I was like, is what I do sad? <laughs> and I was like having like a full breakdown during breaks of a commercial. I was like, let's just shoot the thing and get the money, okay? <laughs> okay. Now we've all established that we don't think other people's kids are cute. I think that's that's now what we're known for. But do we think our own? Nobody likes your kids as much as you do, right? Your kids are cutest to you. Yeah, of course, of course. Now I meet kids and I'm like, wow, I don't think I really like kids. <laughs> that realization recently, I'm like, I don't, I am not a kid person. Well, also, I didn't think my kids were cute when they were first born. I kept hearing that story that everybody was like, oh, they put you in, you know, the baby's in your arms and it's just this like unbelievable rush of love. I'm like, really? <laughs> that didn't happen to me. It was like kind of like cave woman love. You know, I know I need to like feed you, take care of you, keep you warm. I don't leave you behind in the woods. But I wasn't like love in the way that it's presented now. And I certainly did not think my kids were cute when they came out. I was like, what's Whoa, happening? what's happening? <laughs> I mean, I, I was like, well, she's healthy, you know? <laughs> that's a big deal. <laughs> it is. So you know when you're pregnant and people want to know whether you're having a boy or a girl, which is mm -hmm. very upsetting. And often people say, I don't care. But I think the right thing to say is, I don't care as long as it's gorgeous. <laughs> One of my pet peeves is when people do stand up and they have detailed stories about conversation with their children. No, and I'm like, oh. Yeah. 
Yeah, but there's a larger rule of that. You can't do that. You've got to make sure that I'm on board with this story. Yeah. Like what's next? A detailed rundown of your dreams? Like stop that. I'm one of the weird ones that like, I love people telling me about their dreams, but it's true. Most people don't. My husband's like, who wants to hear about someone else's dreams? I'm like, I kind of do. <laughs> what do you do with this information? Because they go on and on and they're weird. I try to decode them. I try to psychoanalyze the person. So that makes it really fun and active for the other person listening. And I'm really good. So, I mean, I'm good at finding symbolism. I'm joking, but like, I am good at like being like, what are the common dreams you get then? I imagine there's lots of falling and uh, trying to run, but being stuck in the spot type stuff. I'm trying to think like, I have one, I'm about to bore your listeners. This was a quick one. I lost a tooth, a molar. And then when I spit it out, it was like hot pink. And then, you know, come to find out that losing your teeth has to do with money. That's an interesting anxiety dream. I have lots of anxiety dreams. Mine are always about being in very high profile situation. Like I've been in the Wimbledon final many times in my dreams. And even in the dream, like I'm like, how did, what, how did I get here? And then depending on the level of anxiety I have, I'm often naked as well. And that's- Yeah, just throw that in, right? <laughs> I mean, you're saying you're aware that you're in a Wimbledon tournament and you're like, wait, I shouldn't be here. But it's pretty aware. Being in the first round, you know, preferably with clothes <laughs> on, but in the final, like, no. <laughs> like, look, I've got a long way to go, okay? And I really need to stay humble in my dream. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I have to ask, what is your thoughts on- consulting psychics I deeply desire to go to one but I've I never have I feel like me and the healer have to find each other in an organic way oh. we could all probably read more from each other than we allow ourselves to so yeah. like my husband doesn't like for example my husband believes it thinks it's all bullshit okay my husband thinks it's all crap we will not be inviting him on this podcast in fact he thinks it's people like um almost like taking advantage of people who are hurting because, and I don't doubt that that's also there. I'm just like, there's no way, like there ha people have been able to have these gifts. I'm not explaining it eloquently. So I'm like, I think if you stay there, I really, I, if there's a healer out there that wants to contact me, basically I'm here. Okay. She sent out the vibes to the universe. Any healers who need to contact her, please. People that want to have their dreams analyzed. I mean, I yeah. find my own dreams fascinating, but I don't want to hear anybody. I mean, it's like a one-liner, like I lost my tooth, that's fine, but these half-hour dreams. I, so <laughs> I definitely don't, I hear you. I think we all have the capacity or we all had it at some point. Mm -hmm. um, I can't even find my keys. Like I definitely do not have that capacity. You know, I spent half my life looking for my glasses. So, so maybe you're like right there, mm. like lean into losing the keys, you know, become like just the wacky, like witchy lady and just like <laughs> see what happens, you know? When my son and I, I will be sleeping outside on the, on, you know, on the doorstep, I will say, Christina, here's her number, said this was an excellent idea and we'll see how he feels about that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, like when I used to, when I used to live in Hong Kong, my office had a reflexologist who's a person who like touches your feet and like can read your energy and stuff. That I love. Um, and he came in and they were like, you should go. He's amazing. But the problem was he spoke Cantonese and I didn't. So I was like, everybody in the office is going to know my secrets before <laughs> I do. Like, so I was like, uh-uh. Yeah. You know, he's going to be like, yeah, I don't need them to hear my business before I do. So it's like, am I like, 
who are you handing over your power to read something that potentially like, I mean, am I just going to like show up to this man on the West side in Santa Monica? Because my friend told me like, am I ready? Like, am I ready for that? You know, for like what could be revealed. And I actually kind of always like a lot of times I kind of like back off. Similar feelings about finding a therapist, not as an, I believe in therapy. Don't get me wrong. I believe in the science of therapy, but I'm like, it is so hard to find somebody to hand over your life to. Same. I mean, true. That's so true. I spent like a long time once finding a therapist and I never landed on someone and then pandemic hit and I was meeting with someone in like over Zoom for a little bit. I never met her in person and we couldn't get so it was it was all about pandemic, which is maybe good. It was very like in the moment, like attacking, like it was like emergency time, like, OK, how are we going to get through these days, which was very valid. But I couldn't go deep with her because I was like, I don't know how tall you are. Like, I just don't know anything about people. I also like you're being suggested as my friend on Facebook and you're hot. You're possibly younger than me and hot. Like, I can't have a Facebook friend suggestion from a potential therapist. I was like, I can't see this person anymore. It was like, it was good for like day to day in those first couple of months. I was like, I can't go deep with this person about like past and like what I'm like deep, deep going through, like in other ways. I, I got to go be in that office. I got to check out the shit on your wall, you know. Lalita, you had issues with like Zoom height miscalculations, right? I mean, people in New York City that um, I know from whom I know from Zoom and then I went to New York City, they acted as if I was like the Empire State Building in personified form. Like it was ridiculous how they kind of kept looking up. Like I'm 5'10", like, you know, I'm not seven foot six or whatever. You have an idea of someone and then they turn up even just a little bit different. I mean, I've had that experience with masks, right? They Finally, I've seen some people unmasked and I'm like, that is not the dental structure. <laughs> I, I pictured, you know? <laughs> you know it's like some people like still look really good with their masks you know they want to just keep them <laughs> that'd be so mean to be like no honey please leave the mask on <laughs> you know here's a hat like great segue from the pandemic like what's been inspiring for you in terms of comedy in the recent times you know we always kind of nerd out a little bit on comedy on on this podcast no I love that um well it's interesting I've been thinking about that a lot because I do think I think for my, so I'm an actor by training and I was a storyteller for a long time and then sort of it just like all, all organically shifted into like a little bit more my own work in comedy. So I'm always thinking about like the style and I'm like, you know, Christina, a lot of the jokes you have are pretty current. So I find myself having to write a lot because they're not necessarily like written as evergreen jokes. I'm slowly finding like more jokes that I think have like a little bit more staying power. But sometimes I think, I think as an actor, I, I always like want to make new stuff. Like, cause getting on stage to me is not, I think if you're coming up through comedy, maybe the getting on stage is like a hard, the hard part because that's like everybody's fear. But coming from an acting background, it's like, I am, I know what bombing on stage is. I know what boring people through a Shakespeare three hour situation is. Like I can, I got this. Like if anything, five minutes is like nowhere near enough or some people are like, how am I gonna come up with a half hour? I'm like, uh, I got way too much material. But so I think I'm always like writing because I, I'm just, it, I don't, I don't feel uncomfortable in the discomfort. So I'm like, oh, let's just try it. Who cares? But um, so a lot of my stuff lately is just like about pandemic and really big existential questions about why we're here and like what we're doing and like, do I believe in God type stuff, you know, like big, but hopefully funny, you know, which is, 
yeah, like, you know, like noticing like that, like small talk is gone and it, that feels really odd. And like the only way you could really talk to people right now, it feels like is to go deep. And I think that is, you know, I think there's something kind of funny about that and unusual. Yeah. And I had a similar idea, which is not to go deep, but to go really specific. So to be mm -hmm. like, let's talk about who your favorite member of the Backstreet Boys was, you know, like just in, you know, you can't be like, yeah, you got to like go like just drill down fast, fast, fast. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. yeah. You go to I'm like I just like really nerd out. I'm like my like favorite question is like if you could go to the moon, would you go? Ooh. Like if someone like, tomorrow like presented that they were like you can go. Do you want to go to the moon? Could you do it? Could you like not be terrified and be like? No, I would have to take my kid with me. Though. I'm not leaving my kid on on Earth while I'm going to the moon. Like I've been on airplanes without him, and that's that. I don't like that. But okay, so you can bring whoever you want. This is like a like this is like a charter spaceship, and like. <laughs> It's like really high end luxuries, but like, would you say yes? Like, do you say yes? I'm not even scared. Terrified just the thought of it. And it's an absolute no from me. Yeah. So I'm taking Smita on my crew. <laughs> we have to do podcasts from space. Oh, but we do. But also like Lalita, uh, the other day I had to drive, I drove like 40 miles away from my home with Lalita. It's the furthest I've been in the pandemic. And she had to talk me through a mild anxiety slash panic attack. Because why? It was like your first time, like kind of getting that far away. Yeah. So we were driving towards the city. I saw some buildings and I started to cry. And then Lalita had to like rub my back and be like, you're okay. And I was like, I know. So yeah, I'll go to the moon. I'll run you back. I'll tell you everything's going to be fine. We'll do a little podcast while we're there. Yeah. Oh my God. I mean, that would be killer. That would get you so many new followers. I do have to admit, I have mild claustrophobia and I have fear of heights. Okay, both of those do not sound aligned with- No, I have a fear of heights too. So that's why I love thinking about it. I'm like, wow, if an amazing opportunity presented itself like that, like how, like I just debate this and it's like these past year, year has been like all these like weird debates, like deep like stuff about like, like so- an opportunity presents itself. It's so amazing. Like you can go to the moon tomorrow or next week or however long it takes. But do you say no, even if you're scared? I think there's something to me for me about like, I have to overcome anything that like freaks me out. If I am scared, I'll be a hard no. I'll step away from that. Goodbye. Good. Well, you know yourself. I feel conflicted and that makes me anxious mm -hmm. because I'm like, would I say yes or would I say no? Like Lolita, we've got a hard yes. Smitha, you have a hard no. I'm somewhere, I'm always constantly in between. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's where a lot of my thoughts come we'll from. We'll keep you on wait list. And then, you know, we'll be like a spot open. I mean, I think at the end of the day, I'd have to say yes. I, I wouldn't be able to sleep at night if I said no. That's kind of my feeling. I and mean, we're all going to die anyway. So like, I don't know, it just feels like... Do it. I went snorkeling many years ago and I was like a little nervous about the sharks. In fact, I was massively nervous about the sharks. Uh, and the person I was with said, well, it's a kind of a cool play way to die. And that got me through it, even though I don't actually think it's a cool way to die. I do. I was just thinking, wow, what a way to die, going to space. That's... Exactly. Lalita went to the moon and never came back. I, I'm, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with that. Oh, God. <laughs> We're going, we've taken a sharp left turn away from children and we are... <laughs> Jeff Bezos is on that spaceship. I'm not in it. I just want to clarify that. I know someone the other night was saying about how people are paying to be up in space with him. And I actually thought what she was about to say is that people are paying to keep him in space what can we do how much money do we need to pay to keep him there or like how about people paying to go to the moon so they can be away from him on earth true <laughs> I, I gotta get off this planet because <laughs> amazon is here friends 
who I lived alone. This is many, many, many years ago, the story, like back in the 60s, whatever. Um, he lived alone with his mom. And uh, when he got to teenage years, he found her impossible. And so he uh, convinced her to send him to boarding school. And then when he started boarding school, she was the new math teacher, which proved to him that she was overbearing and impossible. But then that, you know, so he was right. But nevertheless, she was now the math teacher in his boarding school. He would have gone to the moon for sure without her. That's amazing. You know, I had this dream of like sending my kids like unaccompanied minors on a plane. But then my my goal is like once I check them in, I'll like secretly run around behind them and check into business class on the same plane. Yeah, you do that. How old are your kids, Smitha? Uh, five and two. Mine are four and two. Okay, we're in the trenches together then. Oh my God, my math, my math almost doesn't work too. He's two and a half and she's four. It's like, it almost is, it's physiologically impossible, but it, it was possible. Yeah, <laughs> you did it. I did it. Hey, um, when I did it quick, you know, I had to do something I didn't want to do. And so I went on, you know, people.com or whatever, you know, the gossipy news sites are. Um, Hillary, or also known as Ilaria Baldwin, her, her two youngest children are nine months and four months. And so I was like, okay, that doesn't work. But the four month old was born with, through surrogates mm-hmm. and full power to them. I'm, you know, people uh, should have their kids however they want. But I just feel like I just don't understand why a nine month old and a four month old. Yeah, I'd like to stay on here for a little while. Let's, this is good. So, Latina or not Latina? Who? Hilaria. We're not upset with her that she changed her name. She can call herself whatever it is that she wants. Appropriation of another nationality. That's somewhat problematic. A little bit far, too. I mean, she was, like, doing the, the fake accent, the, like, can't remember the name. Oh, wow, how do you say, um, you know? That's weird. If you're going to pretend to be Latina, I mean, you know, South America all the way. Like, Smita, if you were going to pretend you were from Europe, like, you wouldn't pick Belgium, would you? Uh, I wouldn't. I what would I pick? I was totally gonna pick Belgium. That's so weird. Oh my god! I mean, don't I look Flemish? I mean, I don't know what. I don't know. Is, it, is, is Flemish an ethnicity or just a language? I don't even know. It's oh, that's a very good question. I mean, that all depends on how you define the nation state. So we're getting a little political here. Oh dear. It's a language that's considered the same as Dutch. I have some thoughts on that that I probably should share on this podcast. Belgian people, we love you. Please listen to our podcast. You know, we have listeners all over the world, Christina. We have listeners in 29 countries, I believe. And because there are like 200 countries in the world, I have said that like 13% of the world has heard our podcast. Smitha, she's a bit more math-minded, says that's not how statistics work. That's not how it works. But anyway, we're going to go with it for now. I have been to Belgium and it's very beautiful. I wanted to say that to all of them out there. Well, even more beautiful is having listeners in Belgium. So please yeah. send our podcast to your family members in Belgium. We need more listeners and also more family. We need more listeners in uh, South America. Mm. Oh, yeah. And the moon. And the moon. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. How do we get to that to that other life? Yeah. Un- unexplained aerial phenomena. So, so I was like, why were we talking about the moon? And you were saying those are the kind of questions you like to ask people, right? Like, I find like, 
when we're talking about like material that's been inspiring us like so for a while I was doing a lot of pandemic and COVID stuff like toilet paper and walking and masks and then I, I kind of felt myself running out so then I started going digging deep you know I went back to like conversations I've had with people like years ago and like unearthing that yeah well I think that's what everybody I mean I think there's no choice but to kind of go down this nostalgic lane but my pandemic jokes I think really did turn into like wow like asking how are you at this point and it does feel like it's going to be like this for a while just feels so rude and you know it's just so trite and we're so used to responding with like good great you know and I'm like how could you ever at this point look at anybody and be like I'm good it's like you couldn't even do that it's always been a lie but now you really can't do it hope you're well just sending like good vibes you know I'm not gonna even ask or like really like going just like really deep I mean I was just like does anybody believe in God anymore at all <laughs> great question I think people do believe in God I can't wait for my my son's at summer camp I can't wait for him to come home and to say to ask him about the moon but I imagine he'll say something like it depends on if I'm on that spaceship <laughs> Are you on it? Then no. Are you not on it? Yes. What is it like to have a teenager? Give me some tips. How do I prepare? Okay. Um, there's a few ways I have described my relationship with my son, but it's it's hard. I mean, it's really, really hard. What, like, because what's so hard? He doesn't want to talk to you or he's snappy when he talks. He just is nasty. He's not talking. No, he's not nasty. Yeah. Well, you know, I noticed that with a couple of my cousins growing up, like they just kind of went into a burrow between like 13 and 18. And then they emerged completely fine. But it was almost like a cocoon, you know? You're like, I hope on that, you know, you're going to go through this like huge dip. And you're like, I just hope that we make get to the other True. side because like my girl's four like I was telling someone her tantrums have gotten very they've gotten very targeted my mother-in-law is a therapist and she's like they there is kind of a 10-year cycle the four the 14 year old brain is can have some similar patterns to the four and I was like I feel like when I fight with her some days I'm like oh, I'm going to see this person in 10 years again. And let me tell you, it's not going to be good. But let me ask you something. Were you like a perfect angel at 14 or were, were you like, okay? I was because I was deeply traumatized and nobody was around watching me. And so I actually think there is kind of almost like a privilege to your kids having certain tantrums and certain, like they do feel like they're able to express themselves and they're able to get mad and show other colors and that there is kind of a level of openness to it. And that resonated with me because when I was, when I was 14 years old, I was living with my grandparents, my father, both my mom and my father were in Puerto Rico. And my grandparents were like in their eighties, they didn't know what was going on. They were lovely. And I was so close with them, but it was totally out of time. I mean, I was on my own. I was like totally on my own. And, and so therefore, you kind of didn't get to go through a very necessary rebellious phase where your mom and and I think there's some stuff there still because we didn't have a that time together so it's also very hard to see because he and I have been so close um to let go and so it's I think it's very healthy for him to just you know move away from me and I think all of it's developmentally appropriate and everything. It's just lonely because, you know, he and I are, we're so close and now we just don't hang out in the same way. I always just keep thinking, I'm like, you know, it's like, you know, you're going to go through it and you just kind of got to stay with it and keep investing in this kind of sunk machine, you know, this sunk investment that seems like it's not going to pay off. But then you're like, and then they will reemerge and all that will kind of come back. You know, you're saying some of that, like you're, cousins or family you know they they just reemerge they're like okay I'm back sorry there was something pressing on my pituitary gland some people don't 
come back chill with their parents. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that took a turn. <laughs> Hard to be away from family. I mean, it's so real. We made our own, right? Yeah, you got you. <laughs> you can talk to strangers on the internet via podcasts. True. Yes, but we do create our own home and our own family. And that's, and I think I mean, that actually is really helpful in them. I think that's why it's also really important for parents, moms, you know, caretakers to, I, to me, it's so important to maintain some identity of yourself, even if it's like goes to like the tiniest little blip. That's why sometimes I fight so hard to like do a show or perform. And cause it's like, wow, at some point, you know, this will be like, there will be these bumps where you're like, oh shit, like my kids don't want to talk to me or I'm lonely or. And it's important to me that my, my son sees me as a fully functioning adult. I think he appreciates that about me. He wouldn't express that right now, but I know he will appreciate that later that I, I didn't give up my life for him, so to speak. So. I do think as a child, I think it kind of is a lot to say like, oh, wow, my parents like just do everything for me. I think that feels kind of like stressful on it. That's a lot of pressure. So we always like to end the podcast on a, I don't know, hopeful note or a forward looking note. And so what are some things that you're excited about? I mean, I'm just really excited to get in real life with people on a stage. I mean, I just did the first, the first show at Dow recently in person that felt just so good. And I was like, I'm never going to complain about being on stage or stage fright again. You know, what a gift, what a privilege, you know, you took that chance. Like you, I saw that performance, like you wore this beautiful yellow, like I, I can't express, like it was like a, 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 a fairy tale princess dress. Uh, I mean, that actually did evolve out of a joke, which is that I was like, just you watch fashion is going to get crazy because everybody's covered up in masks. And I would go out, I'm like, where's the color? Where's the celebration? Like, how are people still just wearing a normal little tank top? Like, I mean, let's have fun. You know, I just can't believe people aren't like walking around in like party outfits. Let's yes. like, <laughs> I love that. I love that. Um, okay. So on that wonderful, positive note, thank you so much for joining us today, Christina. Uh, thank you. This is so fun. I could talk for hours. Please don't go. <laughs> <laughs> we must. If we want to find you online, wh where can we follow you? Well, you can follow me on my website. It's ChristinaFernandez.net. Sorry. Well, I share the name of the president of Argentina is also named Christina Fernandez, but, and it's CR. So no H that's always tricky. Perfect. And Lalita, where can we find you? I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Lalita D Comedy. And I don't think that I have a president in South America who shares my name. Mm -hmm. Good for you because it sucks. Where can we find you, Smitha? You can find me at almostfavorite.com. And always our podcast is on Instagram at We Heart Mom Jokes. And we do heart mom jokes.